you can begin. Good afternoon. My name is Felicia Hamilton and I will be your moderator for this session. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield Michigan class was established in the year 1997. The Dean of the Southfield Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis and the president is Dr. Edward Yule. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. I'm sorry, Felicia, unmute yourself. Okay, sorry about that. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that were produced the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and correct name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. 
Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Joshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers laden in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose operating throughout, excuse me, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons and children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. 
and 10th to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we will have a prayer by Dr. George Light followed by scripture, which will be John the sixth chapter verses one through 65 read by Dr. Rhonda Walker. Dr. Light. Let us all bow our hearts and mind and thank our heavenly father, Yahweh through Yahshua for once again, allowing us to assemble ourselves together. We ask that he strengthen us every day for what lies ahead of us. We thank him for his great mercies that out of 7.8 billion people in the world, he's allowed us to come down here and hear this truth. And we ask that as he spoke about the mustard seed, that someone today might have that seed planted in them, that they may be strengthened too for the days ahead so that they too can share in the salvation that Yahshua Messiah has promised us. Let us all say hallelujah. 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 I'll be reading from the Holy Name Bible. Um, and that is John, the sixth chapter, verses one through 65, correct? That's correct. Okay. Can everyone hear me okay? Yes. All right. John chapter six. After these things, Joshua went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberius, <clears throat> and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were deceased. Disease. And Yahshua went up into the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Yahshua then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there, there is a lad there, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Yahshua said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Yahshua took the blows, and when he had given thanks, and he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Yahshua did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. 
When Yahshua therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into the mountain himself alone. And when even was now come, his disciples went down into the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was now dark and Yahshua was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of great wind and blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furloughs, they see Yahshua walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship. And they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one whereunto his disciples were entered, and that Yahshua went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that Yahshua had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Yahshua was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking for Yahshua. And when they had found him not, found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Master, when, I'm sorry, Rabbi, when, um, when camest thou hither? Yahshua answered them and said, Verily, verily, <clears throat> I say unto you, excuse me, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the food which perisheth, but for the food which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath the Father certified. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of Elohim? Yahshua said unto them, this is the work of Elohim, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said, therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see it and believe thee? And what dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, and it was written, and it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Yahshua said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread, that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of Elohim is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Rabbi, if ever, evermore give us this bread, and Yahshua said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye shall also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I am I am come down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will 
of him that sent me, that every one which seeketh the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Yahshua, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I come down from heaven? Yahshua therefore answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me, draw me him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and all thy children shall be taught of Yahweh. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of Yahweh. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the, I am the living bread which come, came down from, the he from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Yahshua said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whereso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at that last at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, I I live by the Father who he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things he said in the synagogue, and he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Yahshua knew in himself that the disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, it is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh. But ye say the flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Yahshua knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. That was John the sixth chapter, verses one through 65. Hallelujah. Thank you, uh, Dr. Light for the prayer and Dr. Rhonda Walker for the scripture. 
I'd like to once again say good afternoon to everyone and thank you for joining today's session. A few housekeeping items before we begin. We ask that all participants remain muted unless you are called to speak. And for our speakers, we will display a five minute warning slide. We ask that you please acknowledge that you see the slide. Also, if you are called to speak, please be sure to speak clearly into your microphone and loud enough for your voice to be heard. Today's special topic is, what is the work of Yahweh after the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah and ascension, I'm sorry, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Yahshua the Messiah, referencing John 6, 26 through 29. And at this time, our first speaker of the afternoon will be our president, Dr. Edward Yule. Dr. Yule. Uh, there's a lot. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. I, again, good afternoon to all of those in attendance. And uh, I'm extremely happy to be here. Um, I watched tragic news this morning on uh, India and Brazil, all the people dying from the pandemic. And then I just look at ourselves being called by Yahshua to be a part of this great teaching uh, where he's given us an understanding of what his purpose, pattern, and plan of salvation has, has been. And um, there are just a couple of things that stand out right now, and that links to the last previous classes where uh, one of the speakers spoke on uh, faith. And uh, if we can just start out with um, Hebrews I think it's 11 and 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so the thing is, is that uh, coming down here, let me just say this, is that a lot of people are nervous and afraid. Um, and the reason is that they don't have complete faith in Yahshua the Messiah. In other words, he's our only hope of glory, and you have to have faith in him and then we know that uh, Romans 1, 19 and 20 says the invisible things of him are clearly seen, been understood by the things that are made. So we all in our daily lives come in contact with things that we can see, things that we uh, can feel, touch, and use basically our senses. But um, the things, there are so many lies being taught in the world, even in our educational systems, the news media, so we only have the truth coming into one of these classes where you get the unadulterated truth of who the creator is, how he has existed from the beginning and even up to this current time, how he went through a death, a burial, a resurrection, poured out his spirit as he had promised to Abraham on the Jew first and then to the Gentile. But uh, just read that scripture on faith and um, I'll take off from there. That's Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of Yahweh, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. 
by faith Abel offered unto Yahweh a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, Yahweh testifying of his gift, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because Yahweh had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased Yahweh. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, that's, the, he, big, that's the big summary of faith. You know, if you don't have faith, you can't please your creator and your savior, Yahweh. Because in this uh, particular chapter, he showed um, proof of all of those that were troubled, uh, near death or even in a death state. They were buried in their trials and tribulations and then they were resurrected. And we see the principles of blood, water, spirit. That's what gave me faith coming in to these classes when I saw that in the uh, elementary chart that all the way through, you didn't miss a beat from Adam all the way down to Omega uh, to the end, you see the principle of blood, water, spirit death, rail, resurrection. So when Yahshua was on earth for those 33 and a half years or so, he fulfilled all the things that were written in the law. That's the first five books of the Bible and the prophets. He fulfilled them. He never came in to set up a Christian example for anyone to follow. And so how do you gain faith? Um, get over this in uh, Romans I think, yeah, Romans, the ninth chapter, the last couple of verses, then into Romans, the 10th chapter, where it goes on and talk about in detail, faith come by hearing. In other words, of our senses. But before you get that, get, um, mm, let's see, it's uh, Deuteronomy. Yes, Deuteronomy. And we want to go back to, um, well, first get Deuteronomy six and four and then get Deuteronomy start 31 uh, and eight. That's Deuteronomy six and four. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh our Elohim is Yahweh a unity. Okay, now just in my recent studies uh, that um, word here in Hebrew means Shema, S-H-E-M-A is which is the 613 law and ordinances or the complete uh, law and ordinances that the Hebrews had to adhere to for some 1400 years or so. So, but when he's talking about here, O Israel, that means obey my law, O Israel, which is what he's talking about throughout uh, Deuteronomy. And uh, the one portion here, you can read that whole chapter for yourself, but it goes on and talk about how he's a unity, but get over at uh, Deuteronomy 31 and eight and, and read on down there because we need to know the principle of hearing as the key to understanding. And that's understanding can lead to you having faith that what you've seen, what you've heard and what you've come to know for a certainty because uh, it doesn't miss a beat. In other words, the beat goes on. Blood, water, spirit. Death, burial, resurrection. Blood, water, spirit, 40. Uh, death, burial, resurrection, ascension. 
those principles still are going on. Uh, so get get over there in uh, Deuteronomy uh, 31 and 8. Yes, uh-huh. And Yahweh is he, well, excuse me, let me start that over. And Yahweh, he it, he it is that doeth, doth go before thee. He will be with thee. Okay, now let me just let me just clean this up a little. Mm -hmm. What he's telling um, Moses here is that um, we know this that uh, his minister Joshua, Joshua, he went. He always said he went before him, and we know we have scriptures that prove that this Joshua, son of Nun, was all the way back from the beginning, even to the things that were written by Paul when he talked about faith. It was Yahshua, the son of Nun, that was the angel of Yahweh that led them. He could be, he could transmute into a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. That's the same Yahshua that led them from Egypt all the way up to Canaan land or to the promised land. And so what he's telling Moses is that he's going to be with you. Read, read on. Read where you were. Can you hear me, Felicia? Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking on mute. I'm sorry, Dr. Yule. Okay, I'll start over. Yahweh, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Now he's telling them that Yahweh, he's calling Yahshua really the one that's going to lead them, Yahweh, because he had the power of transmutation. That's why even back at the burning bush, uh, he was down in Egypt, but he projected himself out here, astro projection. He had the ability to astro project, transmute, and change his appearance. And that's what's going on. This is what the same thing is told in uh, Exodus, but here in Deuteronomy, this is right before Moses was to take off the flesh. He's about 120 years old and he was not allowed to go into the promised land, but he was all able to look at it. But mm -hmm. here he he read the law to them three separate times. This is, I think, the second. It may be the third, but anyway, in Deuteronomy 31, first chapter. But mm -hmm. read where you're at. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests, the sons of Levi, which bear the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh and unto all the elders of Israel. Okay, now that's Hero Israel. That's all those mm -hmm. 613 ordinances. I have a copy of them with all the scriptures that go to each one from one to 613. I once had a book of them, which read from right to left, which is called a Hebrew Shema. And I loaned it to a person that had never re returned it. And it had all 600, and that's before I had any knowledge of what they really were, those 613 laws and ordinances that were given to the children of Israel and nobody else in the world had to follow them, but they were given for that time then present to the children of Israel. But keep reading where you're at. Mm -hmm. Tenth verse, and Moses commanded them saying, at the end of every seven years, in the somnity of the year of release, in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all, when all Israel has come to appear before Yahweh thy Elohim, in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. 
Now that's the that would have been have been the third time. He's in other words to repeat the law, so they at least know they had something to deal with because they dealt with it out here in the, in the wilderness of Sinai forty years. So uh, they continued the law when they got over in the Canaan, but they did not keep it. Mm. Keep reading. Twelfth verse: Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates that they may hear and that they may learn and fear Yahweh, your Elohim. Now those key principles of hearing, in other words, hearing is obeying, hear the word of Yahweh. In other words, that's what the Hebrew original Shema or hear, O Israel, Yahweh is a unity. And so those are examples. In other words, the law and the prophets, just like over there in first Corinthians 10 chapter, it tells you, let the cat out of the bag, who, was guiding them was that Yahshua the Messiah. He led them as a cloud and a pillar of fire by night. That same Yahshua, the son of Nun, who had that power because just frankly, he has power over all flesh of all things that's created. Yahshua, Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, these three are one. So uh, read on a little further there about mm -hmm. hearing. Mm -hmm. Hearing is so key to your understanding and having faith. 13th verse, and that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn to fear Yahweh your Elohim, as long as ye live in the land, whether ye, excuse me, whether ye go over Jordan to possess it. Now and Yahweh, mm -hmm. yeah, just excuse me on that, he's just letting them know that even when you get over here in this Canaan land, you still got to keep this law, but unfortunately they didn't. Keep reading. Right. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Behold, thy days approach that thou must die. Mm -hmm. Call Joshua the, and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the congregation, that I may give him a charge. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. And Yahweh appeared in the tabernacle in the pillar of a cloud. Now you and, see that he just appeared again right. as a pillar of cloud. That's one of the greatest mysteries ever, who Yahshua, Joshua the son of Nun, who he really was. In other words, and he confessed it in the 24th chapter of Joshua, who he was all the way back from the beginning, before the flood, before Abraham, he was. In other words, that's the Yahshua who has the power of all things. So we want to have faith in him. Keep reading a little more there. And the pillar of the cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whether they go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. Okay, and, and that's what happened to them up there after a couple hundred years being up there in the promised land. Uh, they really just split up and had a, the uh, two southern tribes or tribes of Judah and then the tribes of Israel. Like it says over there in uh, Jeremiah 31, behold the days come, I'm going to give a new covenant to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the one that they took when they were out in Mount Sinai. Uh, this new covenant which I'm not going to there now, but I just want to put uh, some emphasis on the uh, faith and hearing. Hearing 
and over, get over there in Romans where it, uh, I think it started about 932 and then go into the 10th chapter and read down to where uh, it says faith come by hearing. And so hearing is really, really, um, you got to be, when you're listening to something or you're reading something, you should hear the words that you're reading or the words that others are reading because what happens, hearing of those that have been chosen who have ears to hear the what and what what deciphers or interprets all these great mysteries is the um, inner spiritual receptions of the truth. In other words, something inside of you got to say, "Yeah, I know that's the truth. That's the that's the heart and mind working in conjunction to know that." Uh, get thee behind me, Satan, or a lie, because you want to be in righteousness. But get over there in uh, Romans, where uh, Paul's talking about. Uh, That's Romans 9 and 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which follow not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness, which is of faith. Now, this should be but important to all of us that are not and well, it's really over that our Gentiles, in other words, non-Jews, because we never had, we never were invited to do all those things, but it's good to know that they had to do them and the things that were wrong, like murder and rape and all that stuff, uh, just your conscience should have been able to declare if you are righteous or guilty. And, but at any rate, that inner man, that's what, the righteous inner man is the one that we want to, to guide us. And, and then what you have some ammunition when you come to these classes and you're armed with what you hear. So read on there, Lauren, where you at? Okay. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, has not attained, excuse me, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone. Yeah, you see that? They failed every single 24-7. They bring in a sacrifice to atone for something they did wrong. And it was written in a law for you to obey. In other words, when you get your driver license, it'll tell you uh, on it, if you pass the test on it, it talks about speeding, all the things that are right, all the things that are wrong, when you can make a left or merging and all that stuff. So once you start driving, you may not remember them from the book, but you see those signs, you're going to follow it because it's the law. And so this is what, with them, they knew this law and ordinance when they did something wrong, even a minute thing, you had, if you didn't atone for that sin, you had to bring a sacrifice. And oh, thanks to Yahshua for coming in and putting an end to those physical anomalies, which nobody could keep them at any rate. Read. As it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to Yahweh for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of Yahweh, but not according to knowledge. Yeah, they didn't have, their ears were closed up. Keep reading. Mm-hmm. 
for they, being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Yahweh. For the Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Just listen to that. He's the end of that law. In other words, all those 613 things that they were supposed to obey and they couldn't obey them. And only the chosen ones of Yahweh are going to know these mysteries. In other words, if you know anything about what is being shot down here at this point in time, you are a chosen one. And you didn't choose Yahweh. He just showed, shows you. And all the mysteries of his kingdom, like the scripture lesson, um, he, the words he spoke was spirit and life. They think he's talking natural physical bread and he's talking as his body, but he was talking spiritually. And if you don't eat of this bread or eat of my body, you won't have no powers with him. Then you don't drink of my blood. You ain't gonna have power with him. They didn't have sense enough to know that he was talking spiritual. And that's where I want to go next. And I'll just end uh, this one, finish up there, uh, go down further to four, all to the point. Faith come by hearing. Mm -hmm. For the Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this one. Now just listen real sharply. Righteousness is of, read that one more so I don't mess it up. Sure. Sixth verse. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring the Messiah down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up the Messiah again from the dead. But what sayeth it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That mm. if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Yahshua is the Savior, he is the same. Mm -hmm. Keep keep reading, right. but he is. You know, you you got it. this is real. Nothing fake about this. Right. Read. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Yahshua is the Savior, and shall believe in thy heart that Yahweh hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now you hear that? With, that's mm -hmm. that's real important to know. In other words, don't be afraid. Don't, in other words, have faith. That he's did the job. He's paid the cost to be the boss. Read. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on his name shall not be ashamed. Mm -hmm. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Yahweh over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah said, Yahweh, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing. And faith hearing come by, by hearing. Did you hear that? It come by mm -hmm. hearing. You got to keep coming to these class and hear. That's right. And see all that you can see on these charts. Study to prove thyself 
study. I may be saying it wrong. Study to prove thyself. Study to show thyself approved. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. But now I just want to yeah. end up. Go to um, Matthew's uh, 13th chapter. Um, start around 7 or 8. And um, that again, that's tying all this to faith and hearing. In other words, faith come by hearing. And so what, and, and listen, this 13th chapter, there's so much there, but I just want to get the sower and the seed. And so mm -hmm. uh, to start out with, the uh, Yahshua's got his disciples. Um, he was speaking at this time from a ship and uh, was close to shoreside. And so he was speaking to a multitude of people who stood on the shore. And so um, he started out in the third chapter, verse saying that he spake many things unto them in parables. Mm -hmm. But I want to start. So he talked about three or four areas where those um, Sea fell. seeds mm -hmm. fell. Mm -hmm. Some fell on um, stony ground. Some fell on mm -hmm. ground that had little or no soil. And then some fell in thorn or thistle. But the fourth mm -hmm. one uh, fell on good ground. So that's why I just want to start out at, mm -hmm. at uh, eight. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dr. You, I'm going to start at three, but I'll read a little oh, quick. Okay, go ahead. That's okay. good. Okay. Oh, this is Joshua's. That's if you right. have a, a, a red level, this is a Joshua's talking. That's right. That's Matthew 13 and three. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell unto good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now here again, talking about hearing and what, you know, he's speaking in a parable. So they didn't really understand what he was saying. So he had to break it down for them and tell them and just uh, keep reading right where mm -hmm. you are. And the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now all but of us them, chosen, mm -hmm. all of us chosen, we got to know the mysteries just like his disciples. In other words, the great is the mystery of holiness. He was just manifest in the flesh, mm -hmm. seen of angels, lived in, on earth and received back up in glory. That's the same one. There's only one. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is a unity. He is Yahweh and is without invisible. He's Elohim, seen That's in right. visions and revelations. Then he's Yahshua, Messiah. These three are one. That's right. That's a great mystery. So that's one. If you understand, know and understand that, that should give you some faith. That mm -hmm. say he comes from death to life, and he will live forevermore right. in spirit. And so, and he's teaching us things in spirit and in truth. So that's what we want to stick with those only those things that we know to be true. Right. Go ahead and read that once more, mm -hmm, that last. Mm -hmm. Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Mm -hmm. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. 
but so whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Now you see that that's when you come to these classes, never be afraid to ask a question of something you don't know or don't understand. In other words, because Yahweh with Elohim with his nine divine attributes, intelligence, wisdom, knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, and strength, all those are some natural that he can give to us spiritually because it's shown as a body. In other words, all, all those systems in your body line up to those attributes. And um, I just want to finish up, just go to the 23rd, but read this chapter here to tell you about faith and it should show you something, mm -hmm. the difference between something physical and something spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so the mystery of the kingdom of heaven or the mystery of, of all the things that are taught down here is revealed to those through hearing and seeing and knowing. In other words, processing all that in your mind and your heart. But just go to 23, but read the rest of this for yourself. Okay, 23rd verse. But he that receiveth seed unto the good ground is he that heareth the word. Hear that loud. Understandeth. Hear that loud. Hear you hear that word. That's right. In other words, hear the truth. Mm -hmm. Read. And understandeth it. And you understand it. Mm -hmm. Which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some in a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And all that's an increase. And with those three words, I thank you for the time. Hallelujah. Thank you Hallelujah. very much, Dr. You'll enjoy that. And as a reminder, our topic for today's session is what is the work of Yahweh after the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Yahshua the Messiah, which is referenced in John 6, 26 through 29. And for our next speaker of the afternoon, we're happy to call from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Dr. Brazil. Might be talking on mute, Rhonda. We can't hear you. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. I appreciate the words of the previous speaker, and I appreciate our topic for today. And um, it is with uh, great appreciation that Yahweh reminds us all that He has brought us a long way in delivering this teaching revelation that gave at the end of the age and um, we are partaking of these things that Yahweh has shared with us through this divine vision this is the only way that we've come to know them so the entire world is right now today um, worshiping their heavenly father the best way they know how without having had the divine vision um, delivered to them. And can we get um, Proverbs 29, 18 first? And then we'll go to the scripture. That's, go ahead. That's Proverbs 29 and 18. Mm -hmm. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people perish. Right. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So 
where there's no prophetic vision, the people will perish. There's no way of knowing how to escape the um, destruction without a vision. As it was manifested during the times of the days of Noah, where Yahweh said that he would destroy the world by a flood, it was by a vision given to Noah for him to build the ark. And that was the divine instruction he received of Yahweh of what to do to build the ark. And that was a vision back then. And we didn't realize or know that until we came down to this school and learned that Yahweh always communicated with his creatures through a divination. So Yahshua himself is that vision. And he expressed to the um, disciples and to those that walked with him at, at that time what his actual mission was. So when we were in our previous affiliations, whatever they may be, or if we weren't in any affiliation, we thought and had been told that Jesus Christ came into the world to set up a Christian example for us to follow. And that he set up what it was that we must do to be saved. Such things as baptizing as he was baptized, keeping the Lord's Supper as he did, and various other works. And even were instructed that there were works of grace that we had to do. And our founder he was a minister in the church of God in Christ before he received by vision. He himself preached that there were works of grace. And he had a conflict about that because that actually is an oxymoron. If a phrase can be an oxymoron, that is one of them. Um, and I want you to, I have to find this on my phone. Maybe you can find it too. There's a scripture that says that we are saved by grace, not of works, and actually goes to the question, because if it were of works, then it's no more of grace, it says. Mm -hmm. That is um, Ephesians mm -hmm. 2 and 8, I believe. Okay. Uh, well, maybe not. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I think that's it. Let, let me know if this is it, Dr. Brazil. Okay. Uh, for by grace are ye saved through faith, mm -hmm. and that not of yourselves, it is mm -hmm. the gift of Yahweh, uh -huh. not of works, lest any man should boast. Right. For we are his workmanship, right. created in Yahshua the Messiah unto good works, which mm -hmm. Yahweh hath before ordained that we shall walk in them. Okay. What's the next verse say? I'm curious. Okay. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, mm -hmm. who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, mm -hmm. that at that time ye were without Yahshua, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, mm -hmm. having no hope and without Yahweh in the world. Okay. But now in Yahshua the Messiah, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Yahshua. 
-hmm. For he is our peace Mm -hmm. who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Okay. Let me keep going. Uh, No, but as it says, but thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, As it says there, Okay, and then um, it's Romans 11 and 1 and I'm what? It says there, you are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of Yahweh. And it's not of works, lest any man should boast. So our topic is talking about what is the works after the death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah. Because what the world taught us, like I was saying, was that there were at least two works of grace. The first was that you were about water baptized. Um, And then the second was that you tarried for the Holy Spirit. At least that's what Dr. Kelly initially was taught and told. And what he initially taught. And what his conflict with that was, was that if it's by grace, then it can't be by works. Because if it's works, you've merited it. And that's not grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't reconcile that. And that caused him great conflict within himself about what it was that he taught in the ministry. Thanks be to Yahweh. Yahweh solved his conflict and gave him the divine vision revelation explaining what the truth was in this and, and through the scriptures. So can you get Romans 11 and 6 for me? And then I want to go, I think it is John 6 and 31. But get Romans 11 first. Well, maybe, well, you know, let's get, let's get with the Messiah said first. Because Romans was written by Paul, who um, became an apostle of Yahshua the Messiah after Yahweh's death or Yahshua's death, burial, resurrection on the cross and that poor the Holy Spirit. Paul became an apostle after those events. He was not one that walked with the Messiah at the time. Paul didn't believe Yahshua when Yahshua walked earth plane. He was a Pharisee and the Pharisees did not believe the things that Messiah Yahshua was preaching. They were against that. They believed that he had come in to destroy the law of Moses and what the prophets had said. And Yahshua himself said he did not come to destroy the law of the prophets, but he came to fulfill what was written of him to do. Now, this is the entire thing that the world has misconceptualized about what exactly the mission of the Messiah was. Been taught a certain thing by tradition but it is not borne out by the scriptures. The Messiah's mission was to come in and fulfill all that the scriptures had written about the obtaining of righteousness. There was a law and ordinances given by the hand of Moses to the children of Israel that meant that they were to perform certain orders of service for the obtaining of righteousness, for the atonement of sin. Under the law that was given, as you can see on this chart, 
Moses was given those tables of stone with the law written on them. There are 10 commandments, the top 10, that most of us know about, but we did not know that there were at least 603 other ordinances that went along with the law, things that govern every aspect of their lives, every aspect of their lives. And if you did not understand that, your homework assignment is to go back and read the books of Leviticus and the books of Deuteronomy. And it discusses in those books exactly what the children of Israel had to do under the law and what sacrifices they had to bring under the law. The law required that if you did not perform any part of it, you had to give a sacrifice for not doing what the law said. There had to be something that died, either you or the sacrifice in your place. Yahweh allowed for there to be innocent animal sacrifices brought for the atonement of the transgression of the law. So that was what Israel was tasked to do. It was only given to the children of Israel and their progeny, who uh, are commonly known as the Jews and their progeny. They were the ones that were given the law of Moses to perform. They had the sanctuary, which is that tabernacle with the furnishings and the high priest that delivered the um, sacrifices for, for um, crucifixion. Back here with the uh, law, they had to, to slay a sacrifice and burn it on the altar, slay an animal, burn it on the altar for the atonement. The mission of the Messiah was to come in and finish all of that that was required under the law. He was to bring that to an end and fulfill the prophecy of the Savior to redeem Israel. Now, they thought redeem Israel meant to restore Israel back into its former glory under the kingdoms of Solomon and David, make Israel the great nation and kingdom again. But the Messiah came to redeem Israel from sin and death that was under the law. So I want to get that in Matthew 3 and because they had works to. They had to again, they had they had feasts they were supposed to keep, Passover feasts in memorial every every um year they had other feasts also to keep they had sacrifices to do they had ceremonies to perform all under the law circumcision and whatnot the keeping of the ten commandments and if you didn't again you had to sacrifice to bring so there was a lot of things to do under that law whenever that cloud that went with them and led them out of Egypt that set upon Mount Sinai. And then when they finished the sanctuary, that cloud came in a bowl between the wings of the cherubim and the Ark of the Covenant. That was a furnishing in the tabernacle. And that cloud abode atop the um, 
tabernacle and had filled the tabernacle. And once that occurred and the, um, the cloud got up and moved, that cloud told them or dictated to them where they were to dwell in the wilderness of Sinai. They wandered the wilderness for 40 years with that cloud showing them which way to go. And when the cloud stopped, they dis, they um, unpacked that tabernacle again and set it up. And the cloud would sit there. And then when it got up, they had to pack that tabernacle up in a certain order. And only the Levites could touch the things pertaining to that tabernacle. Everybody else couldn't touch it. So there were Levites that were responsible for unpacking certain parts of the tabernacle and packing up certain parts of the tabernacle. Then there were Levites that were responsible for the ministry within the tabernacle. That's all they did. That was the Aaronetic Levites. Aaron and his sons were the ones that only were able to go inside the tabernacle and become part of the ministry in the tabernacle. The rest of the Levites were also responsible for the tabernacle, but they did the order of service of unpacking it and packing it up. They had to cover it with certain cloth. You go back and read that in Leviticus. It's amazing. The detail of what things they had to do. It was work. It was a lot of work. And they thought that in performing these orders of service, they thought that in doing these things, According to the, to the dictates of Yahweh, they thought they were righteous if they did that. That was the work that they had to do under the law. But what the law literally in, it proclaimed, because they had to give sacrifices, and these were daily sacrifices. They had to do this every single day, not just the yearly service of the Day of Atonement, but every day. But what the law dictate was that you were a sinner. That's what the law actually showed you to be because you had to bring a sacrifice for your sin. And it constantly kept them in the knowledge and condemnation of being um, contrary to the dictates of Yahweh. So a Messiah was prophesied that would come in and redeem Israel and would establish Everlasting righteousness. That's what they saw and heard from Daniel. It was this Messiah was coming in Jeremiah. This Messiah is coming in Malachi. This Messiah is coming. And so they were looking for that. Now get Matthew 3 and 11. I think you want to start at 11. Because as they were looking for that, Yahweh set up that what they had to do in preparation of the coming of the Messiah was come to John's baptism. Now, doesn't that, that puts a whole new take on the baptism of John, doesn't it? This was what was required under the law for them to do in preparation of the Messiah. And one of the things was that they had to, just as they did with this tabernacle service, they had to confess their sin. Mm -hmm. And everybody had to because everybody sinned. Everybody was under the law, including John the Baptist himself. Everybody. And I am... Um, because um, these things are, are clearly stated in the scriptures. And after you get uh, 
Romans. Okay, we're going to read Matthew 3 and 11 through 13. And then we're going to get Romans 11 and 1. And then after that, I want you to get Hebrews 9. Because we, we read in John. So I'm sorry. After Matthew, um, then get John. Then get Hebrews 11. And then we're going to get... Um, and I, probably before Hebrews 11, we should get Hebrews 10. Hebrews <laughs> 10 and 4. But get uh, Matthew 3 first. Thanks. That's Matthew 3 and 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes are I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Joshua from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of you, and comest thou to me. And Joshua answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, we didn't know before we came and partook of this divine vision, we had no understanding as to why John said what he said to the Messiah. I have need to be baptized of you. And we presupposed and thought, and it was told to us that John said that because John knew that that was the Messiah. That's not true. John didn't mm -hmm. know that was the Messiah. Right. And he's having this conversation with Yahshua. John was instructed to baptize with water into repentance, as you will find out when you go earlier in that chapter, reading from three and one. All of Jerusalem and Judea came to him, John the Baptist, to be baptized of water, it says, confessing their sins. Right. Require under the law, you were a sinner. And even when you came to the high priest, that sin that you had committed was transferred onto that animal. The animal was sacrificed in your stead. So they were coming to be prepared for the Messiah's coming by confessing their sins. They were repenting of their sins. Mm -hmm. So when John received a person of Judea, he asked them, do you have any sin? And they didn't tell him yes. And then he would baptize them. They were confessing their sins. So when the Messiah came, he asked the Messiah, do you have any sin? And the Messiah said, no. Right. Because <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't born of the flesh. He hadn't done anything. Uh, he didn't inherit the sin from Adam. He was specially prepared. He was Yahweh from heaven, come to perform a certain thing, which he told John. That's why John says to him, well, then I have need to be baptized of you and you come to me. Right. I'm baptizing people repenting of their sins. You say you don't have any sin. And that's why the Messiah says to him, suffer it to be so now, John, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, people don't know why he says that statement. But go back into Deuteronomy 6, I think it's 6 and 25. It's Deuteronomy 6 and 25. Yeah. 
And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before Yahweh our Elohim as he hath commanded us. Now there was a righteousness under the law by works. It would be their righteousness if they do things. So now the Messiah is saying it's come of us to put it into all those works for righteousness. That's what he's saying to him when he says to fulfill all righteousness. Did he suffer him? Now this was a requirement for the attaining of righteousness under the law was to be washed, to be baptized. The high priest had to be washed in the sanctuary. The sacrifice had to be washed in the sanctuary. And all these diverse washings under the law, part of the works, part of the works the world tells you about. But the mission of Messiah was to come in and end those things, to finish them, to bring them to reality. Because we didn't know that those things that were given by the law were allegories. They were examples. The reality was going to be in the spirit. It was not going to be in the natural or biophysical. There's a washing, but it's not from the natural. Now you wash yourself every day. Let's hope. And that does not, when you wash yourself one time, you have to do it again because that does not get rid of the physical dirt on you. (laughs) So the natural washing in water did not do anything to purge sin in the person. It was outside. It was a type, but there is a washing that occurs inside that was going to do the job and that was going to be the washing of regeneration performed by the holy spirit and that occurs after the preaching of the mission the true mission of the messiah the gospel of the kingdom so that's in matthew he said that now go to luke 24 no sorry luke no, I'm sorry, Matthew 5, 17. That's where he was. Remember, they were they were thinking this. So go to Matthew 5, 17. That's Matthew 5 and 17. Mm-hmm. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophet. Now, that's what they I thought. Am... <laughs> they thought he was destroying something. You understand? The destroying the law and the prophets, making a mockery of them. But go ahead and read. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Right. He's coming to fulfill the law and the prophets. Read on. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. That's amazing. Okay. Again, he's telling... The multitudes now, he told John the Baptist privately, now he's telling the multitudes he's come to fulfill. He's coming to bring them those things that were written of him to light or to reality. He's coming to bring an end to those works that they could not keep. And to redeem Israel once and for all with his final sacrifice. That was his mission. Now, I want to get one more scripture in the middle of that before I get Luke. And then we're going to go 
um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Okay, we're going to go into John where he's telling them what's the works. But um, before we get that, I want to get this. Um, get this scripture. Can you get Matthew 20 and 28? Mm -hmm. That's Matthew 20, verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. See, he was to give his life mm -hmm. as a ransom. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're paying a ransom, somebody's being held in bondage. Somebody's being kidnapped. Mm -hmm. Somebody's being held, right? And when you're paying a ransom, you're paying a ransom that they might be released. That's the point of the ransom is to buy them back from this bondage that they're in. So the Messiah's come in to pay his life a ransom. For who? A ransom for the um, children of Israel who are under that law. That law is and keeps them in bondage, in bondage to sin and death. And they're captive. And so he's come to give his life that they might be freed from that law, law of sin and death. Okay, I said Matthew, Mark, Luke. So get Luke 24 and um, 25 through 40. No, 25 through 27. Then go to 44. Okay. Luke 24 mm -hmm. and 25. Mm -hmm. Then he said, Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Right. Not the Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. The Messiah was supposed to suffer the things that were written in the law and the prophets. It said back there in the law that there was a sacrifice for sin. It said in the prophet that he was going to make a new covenant after those days. And certain things had to transpire first. So the Messiah in Isaiah 53rd is prophesied to suffer. And so he's saying to these disciples, ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things? The mm -hmm. prophets all foretold it. Right. And then read on what he says. Mm -hmm. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He began at Moses with the law mm -hmm. and explained in all the prophets, including the Psalms, the things that were talking about him. Not talking about us and what we're doing. Talking about him and what he was tasked to do. Right. Go over to 44. 44th verse. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. Yeah. That all things must be fulfilled. Right. Which were written in, which were written in the law of Moses mm -hmm. and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. That was what he came to do. Fulfill those things were written of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning him. Right. That's what it did. So now go ahead and read one more verse because tell, he's telling them what to preach after that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. Right. And said unto them, 
Thus it is written, and thus it behooved the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Keep going. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. That's right. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued, excuse me, endued with power on high. Okay, so after they received the Holy Spirit, that's the power on high, they were to preach repentance and remission of sins mm-hmm. in his name. Repentance and remission of sins in his name. And what they preached was that the Messiah was the end of the law. He finished that. And that you and I and the Jews and the Gentiles could all receive salvation by faith and no longer by works of the law. So now they asked him that. That's John 6 and 30. You started 30, I think. That's John six and thirty. Now I'm I'm taking it this way because we're we're going chronologically, if you will, as much as possible, down through the Messiah's mission. He said it to John the Baptist alone. He said it to the multitudes on the Mount Beatitudes, fifth chapter of Matthew. He said it after his death, burial, resurrection. What his mission was. Now, he was asked, this is before his death and resurrection, he was asked about what we should do. Now, this is the entire world. They want to know what to do to be saved. They think they're doing what they're supposed to do to be saved. But they did not understand that Yahweh's purpose gave a law to prove that you couldn't do anything to be saved. (laughs) Because whatever you, you, listen, he gave you the law to keep. And said to the Jews, it would be their righteousness if they kept it. And he gave them 1,500 years to prove they could be righteous by the law. And they couldn't do it. The law did not give righteousness. The law gave condemnation. So Yahshua came in to fulfill end all those things. So they asked him here in John 6 and 30. Go ahead and read John 6 and 30, they said, therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? Mm-hmm. What dost thou work? Mm-hmm. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Yahshua said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread mm-hmm. from heaven, but my mm-hmm. father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Mm-hmm. For the bread of Yahweh is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Now you see how they asked him, what, what does thou work? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> he said, you know, we have bread from heaven. Do you, are you giving something? Are you doing something? Go ahead and read on. Mm-hmm. 34 verse. Mm-hmm. Then said they unto him, Master, evermore give us this bread. Yep. And Yahshua said unto them, I am the bread of life. Right. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Right. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All mm-hmm. that the Father giveth me shall come to me, 
and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Right. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Right. And this is the father's will, which have sent me, that of all which he have given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Right. Okay. Go back to six and 28. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No problem. Right. Six and 28. Mm -hmm. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of Yahweh? Yahshua answered and said unto them, this is the work of Yahweh that Mm -hmm. you, excuse me, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Now that's what he told them that they were to do. This is the work of Yahweh. They couldn't do it, but it's what Yahweh Elham does in those that are selected. And that is that they believe on him who the father has sent. He was coming to finish the work. And then they asked him, what do you work? And he said he was the bread of life. If you eat of him, believe upon him, then you will have everlasting life because he was the one that did the work. So now go over to, see, this is before his outpouring of the Holy Spirit, death, burial, resurrection, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, in Luke, he said he had um, come in to fulfill the things that were written of him in the law of Moses and in the prophets. Now in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this is Acts and um, Acts, let's get Acts uh, 2 and 38. Well, let's go up a little further. We're just trying to go through the book chronologically. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do Acts 2 and picking up the train of thought. Um, 37. Yeah, because that's the great question, Dr. Lewis. That's the question. Here we go with the question again. What do we do? So this is after the death, burial, resurrection. This is on the day of Pentecost. Go ahead and read down. Acts 2 and 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said Mm -hmm. unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Mm -hmm. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Yahshua the Messiah, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, what they, I'm sorry, sorry, Doctor Lewis. <laughs> what the world thought he said was repent and be baptized in water, mm. but that's not what that said. It said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Yahshua the Messiah for the remission of sins. That's what the Messiah told them to do, to go out and preach remission of sins in his name. Mm -hmm. And that's what Matthew, the the great commission, I think that's Matthew 29, 18, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. So they, Peter, the apostles and the rest of them, went out and preached exactly what the Messiah told them to preach, the remission of sins in his name. 
So that's Acts, the second chapter. So let's go over to Acts, the 10th chapter. And um, I'll tell you exactly where to pick it up. That is Acts 10. Okay, go to Acts 10 and 34. And this is Peter again, after the death, burial, resurrection, preaching unto the Gentiles what they must do to be Mm -hmm. saved. Okay, read. Acts 10 and 34. Mm -hmm. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that Yahweh is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which Yahweh sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Yahshua the Messiah, is the ruler of us all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism, which which John preached, how Yahweh anointed Yahshua of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for Yahweh was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him Yahweh raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of Yahweh, even to us who Mm -hmm. did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of Yahweh to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him give all prophets witnesses, witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Now that's what he preached to them. And then read the next verse. Mm -hmm. Uh While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard the word. They received the Holy Spirit because they believed on Yahshua through his name. That's what Peter said. They receive remission of sin that through his name, whosoever believeth in him Mm -hmm. shall receive remission of sin. Mm -hmm. The Gentiles literally did no work. That's in this age. After the death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua Messiah. The Jews had the works under the law before the death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua Messiah. When Yahshua Messiah finished the work, as he said, when he bowed his head on the cross, I've finished or it is finished. When he prayed in um, John, the 17th chapter, he said he finished the work. And so when those things were finished by Yahshua Messiah. It was the faith in him that he done that. And the belief in his name that Yahweh is salvation, that you receive remission of sin. And the Gentiles, having done that, received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They didn't have any works. They didn't do any work.
They didn't do anything. They received it exactly the way Paul said. So I said Acts, and then I was going to go over to um, Hebrews 10 and 4. And then, no, we were going to go to Romans. So Acts and then Romans is the next book that follows that, then Hebrews. So Romans 11 and 1. That's Romans 11 and 1. I'm sorry. We have to go to Romans 10 and 4 first. I said Hebrews 10 and 4. It's Romans 10 and 4 first, chronologically. No problem. Romans 10 and 4. Uh-huh. For the Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Right. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that right. the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Now, that was the thing about the righteousness of the law. You had to do those things and live by them. And nobody could. So, go ahead. Mm -hmm. For Moses describes the righteousness, which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Uh -huh. But the righteousness, which is of faith, speaketh on this wise, say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven. That is to bring the Messiah down from above, or who shall descend into the deep. That is to bring up the Messiah again from the dead. For what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Mm -hmm. That if thou should confess with thy mouth that Yahshua the Messiah is the Savior, and shall believe in thy heart that Yahweh has raised him from the dead, that thou shalt be saved. That's the work. Mm -hmm. That's what Yahshua said. Believe mm -hmm. on him who the Father has sent. That's what Peter told the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. I believe on him, you will receive remission of sin. This is what Paul is confirming after his conversion. That if you believe in your heart that Yahshua is the Savior and confess with thy mouth, mm -hmm. you shall be saved. Right. No works, no, nothing else to do. You see, just like Yasha said, believe in him who his father is sent. So now go over to Romans 11 and 1. And we'll That's read. Right. Mm -hmm. Romans 11 and 1. Mm -hmm. I say then, has Yahweh cast away his people? Yahweh forbid. Mm -hmm. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Yahweh has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Won't you not, excuse me, won't you not what the scriptures say of Elias, how he maketh intercession to Yahweh against Israel, saying, Yahweh, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. For what saith the answer of Yahweh unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men, who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Mm -hmm. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So what then? either it's by grace or it's by work. Right. But Paul talked about the election by grace. Right. And that's what um, he manifests. That's what the Messiah manifested. All those that believe on him, 
through his name shall receive remission of sin and gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what he manifested. And it was not by works. It was right. by believing on him. And even Abraham foretold that. For he believed Yahweh and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It is faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at Romans 11. So go over to Hebrews 9 and 9. And then we'll end with Hebrews 11. Hebrews 9 and 9. Yeah. Which was a figure for the time then present. Mm-hmm. In which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Now he's talking about the works of the law. And he's mm-hmm. explaining this to the Jews. That's what Hebrews are. Mm-hmm. That's what this letter is to the Jews under the law. He's explaining to them that the works of the law and even the high priest that had to perform the works could not make anyone perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The water didn't wash away your conscience. Didn't do that. Didn't stop you from going out and doing it again. Didn't do that. But there was something that was going to, and that was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the heart and mind. And once that happened, then that controls you. Mm-hmm. That causes you to be in harmony with Yahweh. And once you realize that he's done the works, you see some of your own works. I'm not going to get that. That's in Hebrews 4 chapter. You stop doing the work and trust that he has done it. That's right. And so we're going to end with Hebrews 11 and 1. Go ahead and read. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of Yahweh, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto Yahweh a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Yahweh testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaking. Mm-hmm. By faith, Enoch was translated, that he should not see death and was not found, because Yahweh had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased Yahweh. Mm-hmm. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Right. For he that cometh to Yahweh must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now that is what we are to do. Diligently seek Yahweh. And that's one of our aims, the eighth aim, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith that is once delivered to the sons or children of Yahweh. And by the Holy Spirit, that's what we do. Diligently seek Yahweh. We seek to be pleasing to the Father. Now there is, um, I said this was going to be the last scripture, but I have to get this one because this is the one that the world uses. And we have to, um, we have to answer this question. And that is in James. Um, and that is, um, uh, about works. 
So it asks this question in James. I, I can't remember where in James. Um, <laughs> James 2 and 18. Okay, thank you. Pick up the train of thought a little bit. Okay, that's James 2, and I'll start at... Um, let me start at... Uh, uh, let me start at 14. Let me know if you want me to go up. Okay. Anymore. <clears throat> that's James 2 and 14. What does a prophet, my brethren, the way man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith <laughs> save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, mm -hmm. and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what mm -hmm. doth it profit? Mm -hmm. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Mm -hmm. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show thee my faith by my works. Right. Thou believest that there is one Elohim, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Right. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Okay. Now, that mm -hmm. seems to contradict, right? Right. But right. see, that's why we need that divine vision and revelation. Right. Because if you didn't know what the works of faith were, you would think that James is contradicting what the Messiah is saying. Mm. But Messiah defined what the work of faith was, that you believe on him whom thou hast sent. And maybe right. we have to read Hebrews 4. That it talks about the, uh, the belief in Yahshua, the Messiah, makes you to cease from your own works. So you have mm -hmm. works that were under the law, and then you have works that are under faith. But what is the work that's under faith? As James is talking about. He says, show me your faith without your works. Well, what works is he talking about? Mm -hmm. Show me your faith without working the law. He said, you have faith and I have works. He said, well, you show me your faith without your works. Because the works that, they're, that he's talking about, works that he's writing about, are the works under the law. Show me your faith without your works under the law. And I will show you my faith by my works. My works mm -hmm. are under faith. And that is, when I believe in Yahshua the Messiah, I'm no longer doing something to be saved. I'm no longer doing works. I'm no longer performing under the law anything physical. I'm not doing anything under the law to make myself righteous. I'm not doing that. So I'm showing my faith by my belief in Yahshua and the Messiah to have done those things. That's the work, to believe him. And so when I believe Yahshua, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, then that's what I'm doing. That's the works I'm doing is to learn of him like he said, to take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Right. That's what you're doing now. <laughs> you're learning of Yahweh. And that shows your faith in him that he said and did what he said he was going to do. That's the work that you work that shows your faith in him. You understand that? 
Mm-hmm. That might be. I'm not going to get Hebrews because I'm trying to get off the floor so somebody else can finish it up. You know, it's so much to this topic and it's a very beautiful topic because it also ties into the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something you and I are given because we've been given an understanding of Yahweh Elohim and without us expounding on it or preaching of, of it to others, nobody else will learn anything about it. Mm-hmm. So there's the work of the ministry. But who's the teacher? Yeah, that's who's doing the work in mm-hmm. you again. He's doing the work to believe, he's doing the work um, of the ministry, he's doing that in you. And by that, you show your faith in Yahshua and the Messiah. Because it is by the preaching of the gospel that people are washed and they are clean and they are made free from the ecclesiastical bondage. So you know when Yahshua is working that work within you because he compels you to speak to somebody. And you don't pick who you speak to. Yahweh chooses who you talk to and who you expound upon and who you expound the thing to. So I hope that helped. I definitely, okay. I definitely want to give some time for somebody else to wrap it up or um, ask questions and have questions answered. And I hope you did get something out of it. If you do have any questions, please do ask them. This is a school. It's not a church, and we are here to help you find and know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. Um, with all that, if you did get something out of it, all praise be the Ashram Messiah. Thank you for the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Brazil. That was um, that was awesome. And for our, we'll, we'll have final words and our final speaker of the afternoon will be the Dean of the Southfield Michigan class, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Dr. Lewis. You might be on mute, Dr. Lewis. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought uh, I was unmuted. I want to start off by saying I extremely appreciate it and I'm thankful to Yahshua that he's allowed the speakers to bring forth the information and the knowledge and the understanding of the scriptures that they've been able to do. And if you're relatively new or you're a first-time visitor, then you should, after hearing the things that were said and that were proven according to the scriptures, you should be extremely relieved. And here's why. Because if you've paid attention, you've learned today that all the things that you were guilty of or made you condemned in your conscience because you weren't able to do them, water baptism, tithes and offerings, being kind to your neighbor, not showing anger to your fellow man. Now, these are some of the things that many of us 
have failed at being able to maintain on a consistent basis. Love your neighbor for one thing. Tithing for one thing. What happens when you don't have any money? So we can't maintain these physical things. And it, isn't it a relief to know and understand from what was taught today in this class that it never was intended for you to try to keep those things because Yahweh, the father who created you knows what your limitations are. And here's why he knows what our limitations are. He's the one that gave them to us. Now I want you to go and get me the uh, elementary chart. And you, we, would, we would all do well to take heed and to concentrate and think on those things that were said today. And not just to blow them off or just to uh, pass them off as this. Well, that's your thing and I got my thing and you know we'll all meet to heaven. That's not gonna happen. Somebody, someone, some people's spirits are going to dwell with the Father in eternity in peace, joy, and happiness. That's why it's called heaven. Now, you have to come back and listen to some of these lectures because now you'll come to understand that we're not talking about dwelling in a physical body. We're talking about a spiritual revelation. We're talking about being one with the Father and the Spirit. After all, uh, go to the scripture. I, I know I don't have much time left. I just want to try to reinforce some of the things that were said and what the reality of it is and that we've all our lives, we've been duped. We thought that we had to keep the Ten Commandments. Now, I don't know about y'all, but when I first came to realize that that was not true, I was relieved because I knew I had failed miserably at trying to keep the Ten Commandments. And it was a blessing from Yahweh himself when he caused me to realize and understand that they weren't intended for me to keep, that there was only one person that could keep the law, and that was Yahshua the Messiah or the Savior. And it was gone over in great detail. And they asked him, say, what must we do to do the works of Yahweh? Now, we thought, see, that I had to tithe. I had to get water baptized. I had to attend church on a regular basis. See, all these things they taught you in the world. They thought I had to make sure that the minister had a nice car to get around in so he could get to the services and save my soul. And that might be some exaggeration for some people, but in reality, that's what we thought. We were just duped, folks. And that's the job of the satanic spirit. That mystery of iniquity is designed to make you fail to realize and understand who your savior is. Because if you don't know who your savior is, how are you going to be saved? If you have an ailment and you don't know who the doctor is in the area, or you don't know where there's a doctor at, how are you going to get saved? Can't heal yourself. You cannot do open heart surgery on yourself. 
So you need a doctor. So if you don't know the doctor that does heart surgery and you have a heart attack, bye-bye. It's the same thing from a spiritual reality. How are you going to get to heaven if you don't know who's going to take you there? We certainly know that in our personal lives, in our personal attempts to try to be righteous and try to be accountable to Yahweh according to the law, we all know we failed miserably. No one, not even the Pope, has been able to keep the law. And even the Pope has to admit that. So how are you going to get to heaven if you can't keep that Ten Commandment law? And you don't have to confess to me. And you don't have to confess to your minister. We all know you fell short. We have all fallen short. That's why it was necessary, as the previous speakers went into, see, very deliberate. And listen, got proof, too, out of the same book that we all put under our arm or put our hand on and swore by. Came right out of that book. So your, your, your contention, if you have any in your heart and in your mind, your contention is not with the speakers. It's with the Bible, the same one that you have that you swear on. So everything they went in there and they proved, they went and got scriptures to back it up. You did not hear one time that either of those speakers made mention of the fact, this is what my minister taught me. They understand and they know that it comes by revelation. And that's what they were getting across to you, that these things have to be revealed. You cannot study up on them. We've had the Bible all our life, and we if we admit anything, we would admit we still don't understand it. Even the bibliomaniacs that know verse by verse from front to back have to admit there's parts of it they don't understand. But the second speaker went in there diligently, tried to let you understand, to get you to see and understand that it's not the physical that is acceptable to the creator. It's the spiritual reality of what his son or what Yahweh himself manifested in the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah, what he accomplished, that is sufficient for your salvation. Boy, what a relief. It is absolutely great to know that. And when you come to realize that, wouldn't you want to tell somebody else that? Wouldn't you want to stop your, some of your loved ones from fretting and worrying about not keeping the law and couldn't afford to pay my tithes and I, was, I had an evil thought about Sister Sadie or whatever the case may be? See, there's a way out of that. There's a way out of the condemnation. See, and if you, went, if you paid attention, you understand that that law was given to the people to prove that they could not keep it to prove that they could not save themselves. Give me the scripture right quick. I know I'm short on time. That talks about where the law was a schoolmaster. Now, when we say law, we're talking about the Ten Commandment law, even though like the previous speakers made mention of the fact, there was some 603 other ordinances that went along with it. 
and how that law ruled your life from sunup to sundown, from the time you woke up. And if you don't believe me, ask some of your Jewish friends. From the time you woke up to the time you went to bed, you had to operate according to that law. And guess what? Everybody was watching you too. And that's why the, the, the sacrifice factory was going 24 seven. There was always smoke burning on that altars of, of sin sacrifice because they were always continuously offering up. And listen, ain't that what we did when we was out in Christendom, when we were trying to live according to the Ten Commandment law? Didn't we have to pray diligently every day because we had failed? And we had to pray and ask, oh, Father, please forgive me. I know I shouldn't have talked to that person like that or whatever the case may be. So that's, you have that in common with the, the children of Israel. They failed miserably. So have we. Let's just be honest and frank about it. But Yahweh saw fit to come down to manifest in the flesh to get us off of under that law. And to cleanse you. you can read that scripture for me right quick, then I know I got to get out. That's Galatians 3 and 20. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but Yahweh is one. See, now watch it's this. A See, now the mediator is not a mediator of one, even though Yahweh is one. So you have, now, here's the problem you have in the world. You have Roman Catholicism. Now the Pope's their mediator. See? Then you have uh, 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 Protestants. See? And then they have a bishop or somebody that's their mediator. See? They go to him and confess, I have him. Pray for me. Pray for me, Father, for I have sinned. I see, I see the five-minute bell. See, I understand that. So, so we all have mediators. But now here's the scripture. Here's the Bible, the same one we carry under our arm. That says what? Read that again. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but Yahweh is one. Is the law then against the promise of Yahweh? Yahweh forbid. Right. For if, they had, for if there had been a law given, which could have given life, Verily, righteousness should have been by the law. See that? But now, if there was a law given, see, then righteousness that, that could have given life, see, that could have allowed you eternal life. Read. Mm -hmm. uh, is the, excuse me. Uh, but is the law then against the promise of Yahweh? Yahweh forbid. No, but no. If there the had been a law. Okay. So Yahweh forget. Yahweh didn't give the law. Read that one again real quick. I'm done. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Mm -hmm. But the scripture has concluded all under sin. Now that what? The promise, Go ahead. That the promise by faith of Yahshua the Messiah might be given to them that believe. But before faith come, we were kept under the law, mm -hmm. set up until faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto the Messiah. See, the, law, might... the law was just to teach us something. I'm sorry, uh, reader. The law was a schoolmaster to us, was to teach us. See, and what, what did it teach us? It taught us that we were not worthy. We could not save ourselves, that Yahweh had to send his own self in the personage of his son 
that he may suffer the death of the cross to deliver us from our sins and to remove us from under that law, which was the law of sin and death. So I, I thank you for the time that I had. I enjoyed it tremendously. And if you uh, are relatively new or this is your first time, please join us again because you have just scratched the surface of the things that you could know about your heavenly father and what he has in store for those that trust, believe, and love him and worship him by his true name, Yashin Messiah. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Um, Marvin Lewis. We really appreciate that. And just a, uh, an announcement, we ask the Southfield members of the class to remain on the line after the recording has ended for a special announcement. And we also uh, want to remind everyone to submit your ideas for special lectures to southfieldclasszoom at gmail.com. That does conclude our lecture for this for today, we really do thank all of our speakers for sticking on topic as it was very enjoyable. Our classes, we hold Zoom classes here every Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and on Sundays from 1.30 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. May we ask that you bow your hearts and minds for a moment of doxology to our Savior, Yahshua Messiah not to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power before all time now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah. <laughs>